Ahoy, motherfuckers. How'd I lie to you? You told me this movie was so horrible. And oh, man, this is no, such I'm, a bad you, movie. You know, you know what? I'm not paying um, for this movie. It's so bad. I can't watch this movie. You, you know what? You're absolutely right. It's the next one that is. What this movie was was just empty. It was fun. It 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 had it was fun. It was a mindless action flick. It was exactly exactly. This was the first Terminator that wasn't done by James Cameron. It was the first Terminator that didn't have Linda Hamilton in some starring role of types and it completely tried to make it into it tried to take what was a science fiction uh series and tried to make it into a franchise. It uh, and it also followed what I've been saying for the last two weeks. They mm. subscribe to the time theory, time travel theory. No, that is always going to happen. Yeah, yeah, but they also um, fucked up the timeline in their own way because they said that John Connor was thirteen in nineteen ninety one when the actual movie said that he was ten. Terminator. Term- Terminator 2 Judgment Day clearly stated that he was 10. This movie stated that he was 13. And it went downhill from there for me. Yeah, but we thought that he was 13 in real life. No, yeah, yeah, cool. He was 13 in real life. The problem is that the movie clearly stated that he was 10. When did they say that? Oh, on the police thing? On the police thing, yes. And also, if you think about it, if you think about it, 1984, and then ten, it's, it clearly said 10 years later, which means he would have been 10. There's really no way around it. Okay. And what did they say today? They said he was 13. When did they say that? When John was talking. Let me see if he I can find that what? clip real quick. Hold on one second. Dang, it's going to kick me off of this other movie. Let's find this fucking clip. You know what? I'm sure he said it and they got a quote of it because it was one of those moments where he's doing exposition for no reason, which was a lot of the Terminator. All right. So John Connor was born February 28th, 1985. Looking at this, uh, looking at the wiki. Mm -hmm. So that means in 1995, he would have been 10. 10. Mm-hmm. And then this movie took place was... when? Um, 2000. When something. did Terminator 3 take place? Okay. Um, I'll just go to Goose because I look July 24th, 2004. Uh-huh. Are the events of Terminator 3. Uh-huh. So so that I'm would just... be 10 years later from there. So he would be 20. Let's see, cast goose, character goose. I think that's what they had it under. Errors in geography, crew invisible uh, equipment. Because there's a lot of goose in this movie. Like, I, I, I need y'all to know that. Like, this was just sloppy. Character error. At around two minutes in the movie, in the voiceover, John Clancy was 13 when he was attacked by the T-1000 in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. But John Connor was 10 in that movie. 
However, Edward Furlong, the actor playing John Connor, was 13 at the time of filming. <laughs> so they got his real age mixed with his gimmick age. Mm-hmm, and put it into the movie, which completely now... Also, the fact that later on in the movie, uh, we find out that Sarah Connor died of leukemia but as we all know because we saw dark fate she's alive in further i've movement. never seen dark fate why are you why are you ruining this for me you can't ruin this you will i want to know how she comes back. i can't ruin a burnt sandwich now see this is why i wanted to do these movies i was excited for all the crazy time travel that's what i wanted to see that was my biggest thing about doing these movies. I want to know how they do time travel in the Terminator universe because I've only seen the first two movies. Yeah, in this movie, Kate says to John, what happened to you, John? Middle of eighth grade, you just disappeared. So eighth grade, he would be 12, 13, or 14 years old. So you're right. Mm-hmm. Well, hold on. Hold no, on. No, you said I'm right. Just let it be. No, 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 no. You may not be right. Just because they disappeared when he was 13 doesn't mean that's when all this shit happened. They may but have he went said back to he's school. 13. He said that? Yes, I just read you the quote. I thought he said that's when they left. No. He said, and I'll read it to you again. Listen to me. Listen, Linda. Or I'm going to have to play the intro, and that means I'm going to have to turn off an actual good movie that I don't want to turn off. In the voiceover, at around two minutes into the movie, which means the intro of the movie, they fuck it up in the intro. John claims he was 13 when he was attacked by the T-1000, but John oh. Connor was 10 <laughs> in that movie. Oh, yeah, it says it right here. In the opening narration, John Connor, yeah. So T-3 delivered a huge plot hole. Also, it says that Sarah's tombstone says she was born in 1959. And she was born in 1965. So, which means in the first movie, she would have been fucking 30, no, 20... Eight years old, and she definitely did not look that old. 26 years old. 1965 seems a little She was early. 19 in 1984. She was supposed to be 19 that She movie? was 19 in 1984. Yes, they stated it. In the Terminator 1, they stated she was 19. So <laughs> in Terminator awesome. 2, they stated 10 years later she's 19, that, that, that she's 29. They stated this. Which You're means, making this even better. No, they're not. No, you are making this better for me. This. Is oh, yes, funny. yes, yes. I'm trying. I think what they're about um, to do is make an alternate timeline. That's what that, I think you know what? It is, the, it is the multiverse. And I was thinking that, too, because this John Connor looks like the nigga from Bully. I got a feeling they're about to do it. Let me let me look. Let me do a quick preview of next week's. We can get started into covering this movie quickly. Oh no, we're we're covering it quickly. We're doing it right now by me telling them all the way to say fucked up. So here's what happens when you take the director who created or the creator of the movie or the creator of the series. You take the lead character of the series, and then you put two teenage sweethearts. Early 20s. And in their place? Yeah, but the last thing, let me see what Claire Dane did before this. And I love Claire Dane. Let me make that plain and clear. I thought she was amazing. And not only um, and not only Romeo and Juliet, but also in um, Homeland. 
Homeland. I thought she was absolutely incredible. And so I didn't think she was incredible enough to run this movie. I didn't even look like Claire Danes with red hair. That was Claire Danes. And yeah, before this, the big movie she did before this was The Mod Squad. And The Rainmaker. She's supposed to be years old in this film. That's what I'm saying. Nothing makes sense. She looks a lot older than that. But she was only well, well, she's actually she was only 23, so she wasn't that much older than that. (laughs) Well, you know, age like uh, milk. But you know what? But that's not true because she looks the exact same now as she did 20 years ago. No, she doesn't. I'm looking at a picture of her right now. Yeah, I looked on Homeland. She looks the exact same, just different hair. I'm looking at IMDb. She looks like she's about to go get the manager. Yeah, of course. Got to bring the racism. Of course I do. Because that's what I'm good at. <laughs> racism. But bottom line is Aaron this. Danes. Who the fuck is that? A football player? And I mean soccer, not football either. Yeah, that's her. She's Karen Danes. Going to get the manager. Oh, yes. 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 Always. Whenever possible. That's her thing. But yes, no, it's one of those things where they just, they could have done better. If you have a movie where you can't get anyone to commit that was in the previous movies, you can do better. That's your problem with the movie? It They could have done better. Like the acting, I, I will always say that... Um, the guy who played John Connor, I will always say he's not a good idea for a lead role in a, in any movie. Ever. Ever. I don't know that guy. Exactly. You don't. Let me tell you what I know about him. I know that he's not the best of what he does. I can tell you that they did. They picked him up uh, like two weeks or three weeks before the movie started because Edward Furlong had a substance abuse problem. I can tell you that. I can tell you the next the kid who was in the actual Terminator 2. Oh, they were going to bring him back? Mm-hmm. They were going to bring him back as an adult. I can tell you that I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think this movie was that bad. I didn't think it was that bad. It's not bad. It's just empty. It's vapid. It doesn't have anything. It's literally... Point A, click point B, drag a line between them. It's a straight line. This whole movie is a straight line. Good. No, that's not. It's not. It was set up to show you that That they're going to make this into a franchise. (laughs) No, it was already a franchise when they made it number two. No, no, it wasn't because um, James Cameron said, and I quote, I expected Judgment Day to be the end of this, which is why he refused to do part three. So James Cameron is admitting that Judgment Day was always supposed to happen. Was supposed to be the end. No, he's admitting the Terminator 2 was supposed to be the end of this shit, that everything was supposed to be fixed, which is why initially in Terminator 2, they were thinking about having it where um, she's talking to um, John Connor's daughter and John is now a, a, a... senator or something like that because he's actually fixed 
the future. They were supposed to not have this anymore. The studios had long wanted to make a sequel to the previous Terminator films, but for a long time, Arnold Schwarzenegger refused to do it unless James Cameron was doing it. Cameron eventually told his friend to just do it and ask for a shitload of money. He was not going to do it. Arnold wasn't going to do it. Nobody wanted to come back. They had to pay him out the ass to get him to come back to this movie. I like this better. I don't know what the next one's going to bring, but I like the idea that y'all did all that fuck shit and Judgment Day still happened. Y'all killed the only black person that's in any movie that you have and Judgment Day still happened. It still happened. It still happened, yes. It's always meant to happen. And you know who made it happen? The United States government. Did you expect somebody else? I mean, I think that's I think that's great storytelling. I mean, the United States government's always going to be the ones who, after everything seems to be cleaned up, they're the ones who are mucking around and shit. Now, this next one has Christian Bale and Common in it. That's probably not a good movie. Like that's I said, probably it, it only goes. We're thinking of no. It it all goes downhill. Because I like this movie. I like the girl. Did you like it better than part two? What does that mean? Did you like it better than part two? Yes or no? No, I don't like many movies. Then, it, than then, it, then, then it's literally going downhill, which is what I was stating. It all goes downhill from here. Well, that's relative. Yeah, okay. It's not very relative. It's relative. When people are running from a movie in droves, it is not relative. If if Black Panther, they literally had to say, "Yeah, my mom got leukemia and had her ashes spread out in the ocean. She fought for three years after they said she was going to die in two months, and then she's not dead." You don't know how they come back. You don't know. Maybe they make bring it make a good idea for her to come back. They don't. You're being judgmental here, sir. I'm being very judgmental here. And you're because this is what happens when I you take somebody it. else's this is what happens when you take somebody else's subject matter and you write on top of it. I just finished reading a book for uh, Ratchet Book Club where they're literally retconning everything that they wrote, but at least they wrote it. These folks didn't even have James Cameron in their corner to tell them this is what I would like to continue on if I'm being forced to keep doing this. He was just like, fuck this movie. And they were like, fuck you and kept going. They kept it moving. Which one? Is, so Arnold's not in Salvation. Nope. But he is in Genesis. Yep. And and oh, there's a Dark Fate. Dark Fate is probably the best one out of that the... That one's got like 75% of Rotten Tomatoes. Dark Fate is probably the best one out of the latest group of Terminator movies after Terminator 2. So right, the so movie starts with, with motherfuckers showing back up again. Uh, a woman shows up now and now all of a sudden the lightning sets shit on fire they've improved in 19 years of making this movie they actually have a budget now so they can make the lightning set shit on fire um she walks butt naked across the street and carjacks somebody says nice car these terminators have really nice vocabularies from where they started out in the first movie when he only had like what eight words, 
they well you know time is each of them are more advanced models no they're not that's the other thing that i wanted to talk about they refuse to send back a updated terminator no, to protect no. john connor and this part and, makes sense and he literally said the tx which is what they're now dealing with is stronger faster more agile smarter and more advanced than i can ever be she gonna kick my ass and she did kick his ass up and down the block in every single movie now he's getting his ass well because that he's makes obsolete. sense to me though that's it makes sense to me too he's sense. obsolete yeah, and that's all obsolete. they can get their he hands on heart he ain't got heart he's a fucking robot this ain't rocky he was programmed with heart he was not he was programmed with the heart of john connor and in this movie of kate Kate Connor. Right. Let's talk about that too. So there's a scene in this movie where Claire Danes talks to John Connor uh, as John Connor, who's now a full on junkie. He looks like a junkie. He's literally taking full bottles of barbiturates and um, swallowing them down in a, in a fucking veterinary office and passing out. He looks like a, a, a tweaker. I mean, he's had a tough life. Huh? I said I forgot you defend white people until the end. Oh, of your oh hold life. on, hold on! I'm not gonna let you get away with this. <laughs> Are you gonna pretend like this boy has not had a tough fucking life? I'm not. You really gonna pretend that because he's but, white? But but no. But I'm gonna say this: a murderous robot traveled back in time twice to kill him before he was born, and then once he was born, when he was 13. Forced him to leave the country, live in Mexico on the run, become a fucking murderous fucking maniac, only to come back to pass the time when he thought the world was going to end. Think everything's good for another murderous robot to come back and try to kill him. And the whole world thinks he's full of shit because nobody believes a Terminator exists, even the fucking doctor who saw a fucking Terminator. That's a fucking tough life. What I'm saying is this. You can have a tough life all you want without having to do drugs. Okay. I'm going to remember you said that. Okay. Next time we watch a movie with black people and there's someone with substance abuse. That sounds horribly petty, but okay. I'm going to see how concerning and empathetic you are towards that character as you were to a person who's getting hunted down by murderous robots from the future. <laughs> this see. person lives in the ghetto. This person's being chased by murderous robots from the future. I love you, Brandon. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna remember that. Mark it on my calendar. I, I write it down, take a picture. I don't give a fuck. There's no way that you have to choose to do drugs. Okay. Because you want to what? He's already off the grid. He's doing drugs to cope with the fact of all the fuck shit. And it's like, oh shit, J.K. Simmons is in fucking Genesis. Yeah, he is. You ain't tell me that. No, I didn't. Why don't you just go ahead and look at the grade for Genesis? Yeah, well, you know. Uh huh. I'm not worried so, about that. So she shows up butt naked and steals somebody's car. Oh, no, I was saying. Um, yeah, let's just get to it. She goes butt naked and steals somebody's car. Uh, I don't think she talks much through the entire movie. No, she so gets she does pulled a whole over lot by the cop and it makes her titties bigger. 
to she get out of the- by a cop for speeding and, and dipping in and out of lanes and literally driving like it's Grand Theft Auto, gets pulled over, sees a sign for Victoria's Secret that has a Victoria's Secret model. And so she makes her uh, breasts bigger. So then the cop will be enamored. But she doesn't even give the cop a chance to be enamored because she sees the cop has a gun. And so she murders the cop, we think, <laughs> and takes the cop's gun and dips out. Then another lightning storm happens and Arnold shows up butt naked and he walks into a strip club like we talked about before. It was actually a, another biker bar, but this one was doing ladies night. Mm-hmm. And so I thought this, this is funny. It was. And so this time he walks in and all the women are looking at him thinking that he's a stripper and he walks up on stage and the guy is like, he's like, give me your clothes. And the guy is like, talk to the hand because it's 2003, 2005, whenever talk to the hand was popular. I thought it was back in the 90s, to be honest with you. I don't remember when the Jamie Foxx show was out, but uh, was, you know. That was the late 90s, yes. That, that was the late 90s, okay. Um, but he tells Arnold to talk to his hand, and instead Arnold does sign language with the hand, which is <laughs> to take his hand and break him down to the roots. And he takes the guy's clothes, which should be fine. I mean, the guy was stripping anyway. But now he's stripped with a broken hand. And Arnold reached into his into the inside jacket pocket of the guy, thinking that there's going to be some cool motorcycle glasses. And instead, they're uh, Elton John uh, star glasses. So he tries them on, and they don't work. I mean, to his credit, he did try them on. And he steps on them, and he rolls out. Then we see... Um, Somehow this Terminator has a tight has a like, particular type of clothes that he enjoys. Right, because three of them niggas will come back and they all want the same shit. Motorcycle, sunglasses, leather outfit. It must have been something in the future that like... <laughs> you think they got a motorcycle that. in the future? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Pro- end up programmed and be like, this is what was cool back then. I don't think they had enough time to really set that up for, you know, back in the day. This is what was dope. Well, you got to fit in at least marginally. You have to blend in. Yeah, I guess marginally. I like this movie so far. I thought the Arnold shit was fucking funny. Uh, he, he was looking at the women and trying to calculate. And one of them he saw had like big boobs. And he was like, uh, it, it, the, the programming was like uh, forbidden. <laughs> thought that was fucking funny. They added some more. Obviously, it's 2003, so the tech was much better than in the previous movies. They were able to add shit to, like, the robot's eyes and shit like that that they see. Mm -hmm. But just like in um, 1984 and then 1991, the bad Terminator, the TX, has been given a list of people, a list of names. This time, it's not a telephone book anymore because, you know, it's 2005 or whatever. But this time, it's multiple people, though. Yes, but this time it's just uploaded into her mind. She doesn't have to go look at a telephone book or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Kate is in a department store uh, adding items to her wedding gift registry, and she talks to her dad, uh, Lieutenant General Robert Brewster, who calls her to say that he won't be able to make it home because because there's computer problems at work. There's a computer virus. Turns out the computer virus is actually Skynet. This also, you know, folds into the whole we're still scared of the Internet thing because, you know, we were supposed to lose our lives back in 2000 with Y2K or whatever. Um, 
Terminator shows up to the veterinary office that John is now not only uh, high in, but he's also gotten beat up by Kate and thrown into a cage and locked up in. <laughs> she beat the shit out of John. Hella. Hella. I, I like the fact that in all three movies, you, you're like, this, this is, is the dude this that's is the leader. The fucking shit. Every movie. Well, not the, he wasn't in the first movie, but the second movie. The second movie, he wasn't that bad, but he still was an annoying little kid. But he did kind of admitted that. Some, huh? I'm glad you admitted that. Because last week you were saying that he was just as good as Junior, which well, Junior yeah, was a horrible I, I little kid. Annoying little kids, but I can admit that they're annoying. Oh. See, I can do both. See, that's. But that's, this movie, this movie, it was kind of like, and this is what made sense about him being in, in, into drugs. This movie, it was kind of like, God damn, man! Every fucking year of my life, I'm I'm John Connor. The guys, can you imagine being a kid, man? Told you're the last hope of humankind. You're gonna save the world in 20 years, and every every year, and this and fucking murders robots are coming back to kill you because you're the person that's gonna be the savior of humankind. And at this point, he's just like, I like when he was in the. I'm skipping ahead. But I like when he was in the truck and he goes, "Tell him who I am. He's John Connor. He's gonna save the world." See, <laughs> he's like, I'm fucking tired of hearing that shit. That's my destiny. And at one point, he's just like, fuck it. Why don't I just end it? Like, I'm oh, fuck it. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, and now we see how he became John Connor. It was due to Kate. Yeah. And and once again, the fate of the world is placed in another woman's hands. Once his mom dies, his mom leads him so far. And then Kate led him the rest of the way because he's not even the Terminator usually uh, listens to what John commands him to do. And he's like, I'm not here to listen to you. She's in charge. You die. So I kill you. You die. Um, but. So this is a different T-100 than the one they sent back the first time. It was another one they captured. Yes. And he was like, you mean I got to teach you all those words all over again, which was <laughs> a funny part. I did like that. It's like, you mean I got to teach you everything all over again? Oh, yeah, he was you like, didn't no. get an Vista baby in this one. He didn't say Asla Vista baby. He didn't say I'll be back. He Well, he said she'll be back. He said she'll be back. Yes, but not I'll be back. And I feel like in this movie, Arnold was having a lot more fun with um, his character because he knew that this movie wasn't anything but a payday for him. Hey, y'all, this is Derek. We want to thank y'all so, so much for listening to our show. Right now, at this very moment, we'd like for you to go ahead and screenshot your phone, your iPad, or wherever else you're listening to this show, and send it to us on Twitter, at Hindsight Reviews. We'll post it up and retweet it to everybody else, and you could be a part of our family. Also, be sure to leave a five-star review and... Let us know what you think of the show wherever you listen to the podcast at. Thank you so much, and back to the show. Remember those stories you were supposed to read in high school? Oh, uh, Dickens. Poe. That's literally all the names I can think of. Did you read them? Obviously I didn't. Let us read them for you. Uh, That sounds dangerous. What does? Reading. (laughs) It might go badly. But that's half the fun. I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Check out Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Campfire Classics is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen, like, follow. In a world that 
was one podcast that made all others look like silly little part-time, half-baked ideas that should have been thrown in the trash can after being written down. That's a super long-winded way of saying that Drunk Theory Podcast is the best-kept secret out there right now. They're a bunch of idiots talking about conspiracy theories, and when these four come together, they have the capability to solve just about any question coming their way. But keep in mind, they're idiots, so sometimes they won't have the answer. But we guarantee you'll end up laughing so hard you cry or urinate in your pants. I don't make the rules here. So let Matthew, Kara, Kelly, and Ryan give you everything you never know you needed and more. Only on Drunk Theory Podcast. Available on all major streaming platforms. More conspiracies coming soon. Hi, this is Tony, the host of the Flix X-Ray podcast. Each week, I am joined by guests. Meow. Hello. Yo. Why, hello there. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. And we have a roundtable discussion where we dig deep and x-ray a bunch of our favorite films and some really terrible ones, too. We really like to go back and take a look at films that may be forgotten, maybe in the past, and still lovable films. If you want, you can follow us on all the major platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. If you want to find out more, you can find us online at www.flixxray.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to reach out to us. Good night, Internet. It's time to feel the rage. Join us on Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray. Yo. Why is it you always talk? All the time. I can't understand why you're sweet, sweet voice. This is the merman, the voice of reason. These two can't agree on anything most of the time. Some movies are Mondo. Some are just... Every week, something is going to make us rage. Join us every Wednesday and feel the rage. Um, John Connor... After getting beat up and thrown into a cage, Kate Brewster uh, runs away and hides because the TX arrives. Oh, before she um, before she goes in there and the um, TX arrives, she knocks at the door or she unlocks the door of her veterinary hospital at like five o'clock in the morning. And as soon as she gets there, there's this white woman knocking on the door talking about her cat Hercules. And I'm like, were you sitting in the parking lot? You couldn't have called. She didn't get a call from you. Were you just sitting in the parking lot because your cat Hercules has this issue? And where's the doctor at? And she's like, bitch, it's five o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. She's probably one of those crazy pet owners. It's just like my dog. But, you know, I've had to do that before um, when we had to put my old dog down, Bruno. And it was really sad. But it was in the middle of the night. We took her to a 24 hour veterinary. Thing is, that was a 24 hour veterinary doctor's office. This didn't appear to be. A 24-hour veterinary office. <laughs> no, not at all. He just not happened to be there mm-hmm. doing some shit. And she was sitting outside just hoping that she would show up eventually. And then when she did, ran to the door. Um, but the TX comes in and kills the customer. I don't know if she killed Hercules. Hercules probably didn't die because cats are demons um and then she finds a small piece of gauze with blood on it and that's when we find out that she can do dna tests by licking blood that was kind of funny i like that 
And so she licks the blood of a piece of gauze. Yeah. Yeah, it was. She licks the the gauze of a of a um of that's on the ground and finds out that it's John Connor. And so she's uh, now looking for John. Kate managed to escape into the parking lot, but then the TX comes out and uh, intercepts her because she's supposed to kill Kate too. She's like, ooh, twofer. Um, but then Arnold ro- literally rolls up in a truck. And somehow, I don't know how this happened, but his truck, while hitting the TX, is right on top of Kate, misses Kate completely. My wife said this. She said, you want me to believe that that truck hit her, him, her, and missed the girl completely? Exactly. I was, I was like, wait, what? I rewound it like three times. <laughs> so the truck doesn't even hit like a ramp. It just comes around the corner on two wheels. And In then it just kind of bunny hops over Kate. And you want it, you, you want to believe that it, it's Kate laying down and the truck just passes over her. But this isn't a big ass like high rise truck or something. This is a truckity truck. Like this is a Toyota Tundra truck. <laughs> she should have been murdered right there, but instead doesn't happen. Um, the Terminator learns John Connor's location from Brewster and locks her in the back of the truck and then goes find John. Um, and then the Terminator instructs John to run. And so John hops into the truck and takes off. Um, we find out the TX, this one has weapons. Yeah, his arms can convert into weapons. Which like they, a plasma which gun. Back to the second one when it was like, it can't do it weapons. Can't, yeah, the one thing it can't do is weapons. And they were like, guess what we can do now, nigga? And so it has like a plasma cannon that looks like some shit from Mega Man. <laughs> and it's blowing holes through everything. Um. But she um, shoots the plasma cannon that disables the Terminator. And then she hacks like six cars that are in no way connected to computers. This is not a Tesla. This is not an auto drive sort of thing. Those cars still had chips back then. But this is not an auto drive sort of thing. She has two cop cars and an ambulance that that she's steering down the street. I still don't know how that works. Can't do it. Wouldn't happen. Not back then. Autopilot hadn't happened yet. This is some bullshit. But but then she hops into a large mobile crane uh, and follows after the emergency vehicle. So now she's got the fucking all spark from Transformers and she's wielding it to perfection. The Terminator arrives um, and she and he takes he takes a motorcycle like he takes a nigga off a motorcycle and uh catches up with them uh he catches up with them by dropping the crane hook of the um of the truck that she's driving the large mobile crane he drops the crane hook into a manhole uh engaging the cable and he jumps over to kate's truck um and as a tx re-enters the crane's cab the cable runs out and the crane and the rig are flipped upside down and the tx emerged from the wreckage unable to pursue kate's truck any further they spent so much money on this chase they really did this and it still didn't was... measure up it, it was good but it did not measure up to the one from terminator 2 i thought it was 
more destructive. <laughs> they destroyed the street for miles. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. It was destructive as hell. Very much so. And it was one of those things where it was like, can y'all afford this? And it turned out they couldn't because Arnold had to pay an extra $1.7 million out of his own salary to pay for the st- to pay for the shit that he wanted destroyed. Really? Yep. <laughs> I like how Kate, I like how they didn't make Kate just automatically agree. During this time, she thought she was being abducted. She was like, I'm being kidnapped. <laughs> yep. And so she's hitting and slapping and kicking on the wall and everything. And so he finally opens up the uh, door and is like, yo, he, I'm here to protect you. They stop at a store. He goes into the, he, they stop at an AMPM. He goes into the AMPM. They got that Arnold. Sacramento? Yeah, they got hell of them. Yeah. That's like the primary cheap gas gas uh, station out here. AMPM. I call it MPM. MPM. But um, they, Arnold goes in and literally robs the store, which is already something that the cashier is going to remember. That was so great. He was just walking through state. And the dude was like, are you going to pay for that? And Arnold's like, talk to the hand. (laughs) I I thought that was hilarious. I laughed. (laughs) It's so funny just watching this robot shop. He doesn't. He's just like, I got to get food for these people. But he had no idea. I don't know what they eat. So I'm going to take this entire container of random shit, beef jerky and powdered donuts, (laughs) just random shit. He picked up a whole thing of Laffy Taffy's from the front and just put the whole fucking container into his basket and walked out, talked to the hand. Mm -hmm. Um, So then uh, after that, the um, Terminator tells Connor, tells John Connor that in the future, John Connor and Brewster are John Connor and Kate are married. Mm-hmm. And that this actual Terminator they're talking to um, infiltrated them in 2032 and kills John Connor. And then they caught it and and reprogrammed right. it to return to the past and protect them instead. That's some some kind of symmetry. It makes sense. Yeah, at least it wasn't something that happened in the past already, and then didn't happen. You know, fuck that. Um, Then the Terminator goes to um, a secret place. I'm taking you to a secret place. That is a mausoleum. Where Sarah's buried. Where Sarah's buried, or so we think Sarah's buried. buried. Turns out that in her will, she asked him to just bury all her guns in the mausoleum wall. (laughs) And so. That's clever. I mean, only the Terminator will be able to get to it. Yeah. And so he punches through a wall and grabs it. And somehow cops and SWAT show up. They know exactly where they went to. Now, I understand that they that the guy at the AMPM was able to get a look at their license plate. And then uh, the cops who were talking to the TX did tell her, well, we did hear because the TX goes to Kate's fiance's house and murders him <laughs> and then takes his body and tosses to the cops turns also into that him. actor looked like such a dork there's no way i believe that actor could date claire danes i wouldn't be surprised i've seen a lot of dorky men dating a lot of really beautiful women that dude looked like the seen a lot of dork. dorky women dating a lot of handsome men too so you know the heart wants what it wants 
Maybe you're right. Have you seen who Keanu Reeves is dating? No. You should really look up Keanu Reeves' uh, girlfriend. Just Google it. It's a nice story. It's sweet. No way. Yeah, seriously. The heart wants what it wants. It's all about compatibility. But they tell uh, the TX where they're located at. And so somehow they all show up at the fucking mausoleum with like smoke bombs and tear gas and and all this kind of stuff. And so Arnold picks up yet another minigun and walks outside and blows up all the cars. I still don't get this. Like you destroy all the cars. Okay, yeah, cool. There's still all these cops who are shooting at you. And you're like, I didn't kill anybody, but you also didn't disable anybody. So they're still shooting at you with their guns. Um, and what he ends up doing is he um puts he put John, John into the casket there, and, him in and, the hearse. and throws him into the back of the hearse. And I didn't know caskets were uh bulletproof, but I guess Sarah I imagine knew something. they could take some bullet damage. I imagine so. Yeah, you know, I mean, Sarah. Mike. Mike has a uh, a Captain America shield that costs three hundred dollars that he bought at a comic convention. That's actually bulletproof if you shoot in the center of it, in the center circle. So, so I can imagine an expensive ass casket might be able to take a bullet if a toy can. The TX uh, captured uh, Kate, but then they got her back. Um, by deterring it temporarily by hitting it with a rocket propelled grenade. Um, the TX pursues him on foot, running like the T-1000 was, um, and cut through the roof of the hearse with its hand before they drive underneath the semi-trailer, a semi-truck trailer, which scrapes off the roof and leaves her behind. Uh, the Terminator has been programmed to take Connor and Kate to a safe location so they'll survive Judgment Day, set to occur in a few hours. I wonder it's- how they did that stunt. Because that car really looked like the roof got ripped in half after they were driving it. Um, we can probably go look. I thought that was kind of cool. They probably have that information. Sarah, I mean, Kate ran out like, oh, get me out of here. I'm going to my boyfriend. And then she was like, get in the car if you want to live. I know her life was like, holy... Can you imagine? See, this is what I always say. I said this last episode, and my biggest fear is no one's going to believe me. Can you imagine hearing this fucked up story by this dude you think's a drug addict that broke into your fucking place of work and then fucking seeing a robot that's dressed as your fucking boyfriend and then mutate into some type of murderous woman robot and try to kill you? I'd be fucking done. Mm Mm-hmm. These people must be the leaders of the resistance because somehow they can keep going because I'd be done. And so um, the Terminator tells John and Kate that Kate's father is also on the TX's list of targets because after the destruction of Cyberdyne in Terminator 2, the United States Air Force took over the Skynet program and renamed it CRS, Cyber Research Systems. Ah, I missed that part. Okay, that's how I got into the United States government. Mm Mm-hmm. The project is headed by Kate's father. And when John insists that they attempt to prevent Skynet from being activated, the Terminator refuses, saying he's not programmed to follow John's orders. Kate then assists, insists that the Terminator helps them out. And he's like, I, I'm programmed to follow your orders. <laughs> and so for the next 10 minutes or so, one of my favorite movies is Galaxy Quest. Well, we find out that um, Sigourney Weaver's whole role is to talk to the computer. <laughs> 
that's what happens for the next like five to 10 minutes where John will ask the Terminator to do something and it won't answer him. And then Kate asks and he'll answer the question. And that's when we find out that he killed John. At the command base at the same time, Kate's father is dealing with uh, serious problems with cell phones, communication, internet, and satellite transmissions, which it seems like a virus. Mm -hmm. um the tx enters a secure facility uh disguised as a a lady airman who doesn't get checked by any security at all and she finds and activates and and assumes control of several of the first uh cyborg hunter killers i thought that was cool i wasn't expecting to see that the version ones now this is what i'm trying to figure out still after watching this movie did kate's dad know this was going to happen and that's why he sent them to Nevada? Or did he not know this was going to happen? I don't think he knew this was going to happen. So why did he send them to the fucking shelter? Because I think that he knew that that was the only place left that wasn't on what I thought was this the only place left that isn't online anywhere. It's still CB radios and old school lap or, or old school computers that aren't hooked up to any uh, internet or anything like that. And it's way underground, so they'd be able to live. Because they said that this is set up for old-ass presidents. Yeah. Well, they had that shit in real life. Yeah. So in case something goes wrong, they get important people safe from a nuclear whatever the fuck. So that way, it's it's not under Skynet's control. Because what happens is that um, Kate's dad activates Skynet. Because they think that activating Skynet will help them be able to take out the virus. But it turns out the virus was Skynet, too. Um, It assumes control of the military's network, Minuteman missile system, and submarine missile systems, uh, interrupting the human's control of the system just as the TX arrives. Uh, The TX arrives in the form of uh, Kate and enters by the control room and is temporarily interrupted in its attempt to kill uh, Kate's dad by the Terminator because she's like, Dad! And her dad turned around, like we said. No, it wasn't us. I'm so sorry. It was the best film ever podcast. Best film ever podcast for Terminator 2. Said the easiest way for them to have handled that shit was they should have just made the T-1000 turn into a dog. Into a puppy. Why? Kill a puppy. Become a puppy. Run to John Connor as a puppy. Oh, <laughs> John Connor picks up the puppy. Take John's head off. End of story. That is true. <laughs> yeah, they, I was like, you know what? That will work. Um, but this is another way that would have worked is to show up as his daughter and be like, Dad. But the Terminator just happens to show up at the same time and shoots with a machine gun. Um, before it could be stopped. Uh, however, because when they're shooting at this uh, at the TX, it's literally making sounds like you dropping a rock into a pool of water. <laughs> like it's healing as soon as they're shooting it. It's they also even... had a particle accelerator that looked exactly like the particle accelerator in the flash. Oh, and they also had a scene earlier in the movie where uh, because of her plasma gun disabling uh, the Terminator, it shot one of his batteries which is a like a, oh yeah hydrogen fuel cell hydrogen fu- fuel cell and so he 
the Terminator Arnold pulls the uh, hydrogen fuel cell out of his chest and throws it out the window and tells John as it explodes, like in a mushroom cloud, once it explodes, once it gets damaged, it's, it's highly unstable and it literally mushroom clouds. And that's important. Um, the TX shoots Kate's dad, mortally wounding him. Uh, the Terminator fights it, firing repeated rounds from a rotary launcher, sending it down an elevator shaft, uh, which gives John a chance to ask the dying general for the supposed location of the Skynet system core. That's why he gave it to him. The general takes him to his office where the access codes are located in his safe. Uh, but en route, they're attacked by two T-12 cyborgs, which the Terminator defeats by detaching one's head and using its own uh, M134 minigun against the other unit, which was dope. Like I said, the action in this movie is dope. It just didn't have, they threw the sci-fi out the window of this movie mm-hmm. for action. They sacrificed like... <clears throat> If you play NBA 2K whatever, first of all, why? Secondly, I'm sorry you're spending so much money to build up your character to be able to make layups. Third of all, you know exactly how it feels to know that you boosted all of your uh, dunks or three-pointers, and so now your guy can't rebound. They put all of their skill points into action in this movie and had nothing left for sci-fi. Jennifer Brewster tells John to go to Crystal Peak. He also tells John, take care of my little girl, which is funny because at this point in time, Kate knows that her and John are supposed to get married and become the uh, resistance together. And she's like, I don't even like this nigga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how that would feel. Someone from the future before I got married told me who I was supposed to marry. I mean, it would feels like me it is in to... other countries. Yeah, but that's arranged marriage. This is like, I don't even know that. I don't even know this person. I barely know this person. Now, here's the question. If she didn't know that this was supposed to happen, would it have happened? Yes, because it was always going to happen. That's the doggone you. That's always going to be your answer. But that's the that is the consistency of this show so far. I mean, this movie so far is that always going to happen. You can't stop the future. You cannot stop the future. Yes. Okay, I'll I'll give in. Even though he fucked up his own age. Now we only do four or five movies when we do hindsight. So I think what I'm going to do. Is another month with the rest of them? No, is skip salvation and just finish with Genesis and Dark Fate. So we don't do salvation because apparently Genesis is like some sort of reboot of some sort. Genesis, but I'm so, so interested in seeing what happens because it looks terrible. It <laughs> and is I, so I love me a good bad movie. It is, it is so bad. And the thing about so, it being so bad is they paid money for it to be good, and it just wasn't. I'm actually going to watch Salvation on my own, but listeners, we're not going to review it, but I'm going to watch Salvation on my own this week because I want to know what happens. And I really want to see Christian Bale as John Connor because that's very interesting. They've had a different John Connor in every movie. Which is Do you want to know what happens? No, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it this week. So don't you're tell me. Gonna, you're just going to be mad. Okay. I'm going to watch Salvation this week, and then next week we're going to review Genesis. Okay. Um. They go to a hardened military base in Sierra Nevada mountains. Um, the Terminator fights the TX and tells uh, Kate and John to get to his plan. No, the nearby first of runway. all, no, the Terminator got reprogrammed. Wait, that doesn't happen yet. The TX yeah, and the did. Terminator fight until the TX Nevada. defeats the Terminator, after which she injects him with nano machines. Yeah, nano. Yeah. See, I was getting there. Okay. 
Connor and Brewster escape, and they uh, follow a particle accelerator towards the runway, but they're attacked by a small hunter killer. Like, seriously, this hunter killer was fucking adorable. <laughs> it was like a little puppy size. Like, the ones in the future are, like, all huge and just flying. And, just, and this one was like a baby velociraptor. It was like, oh, my God. And it accidentally shot over their head with missiles and then flew over them and went the wrong way and shit. And then it realized, oh, shit, I'm supposed to kill them. And then it came back and then Kate shot it with the uh, machine gun. And that's when John fell in love with her. She's like, you're like my mom. You remind me of my mom. Fuck you, junkie boy. So um, en route to the aircraft runway, the TX attacks them. Uh, but Carter, but John turns on the particle accelerator and its massive electromagnetic energy attracts the TX so strongly that it can't remove itself. I thought this part was pretty was pretty dope. Like, I thought it was going to die right there, but it, it did. The Terminator reboots itself and reattaches its head because the TX tried to pull that fucker off. But uh, it's still under the TX's control. In the particle accelerator loop, the TX appears to be disintegrating, but manages to engage an electric saw and begins to cut through the accelerator shielding. Uh, Connor or John and Kate got on the aircraft, but the Terminator. Why don't you die, bitch? <laughs> the Terminator attacks them, powerless to stop itself because the TX is injected nanomachines. Connor reminds him of his primary mission, which is to protect John and Kate. The Terminator, because of this, because of the power of Lerv, is able to override the TX's programming and shuts itself down before it kills John. John and Kate, after that, get to Crystal Peak. But as soon as they arrive, they start trying to put in codes and shit that are in the book that are in the folder that Kate's dad gave them. And the TX uh, attacks them. She crash lands a helicopter into the base's entrance tunnel. <laughs> Like trying to kill them with a crashed helicopter. But then as they try to frantically open the blast doors, the Terminator, who has also rebooted its core and it's now good, crash lands a second larger helicopter on top of the first helicopter and smashes the TX under the wreckage, which severs its legs. This is now the third Terminator movie that I could think of where niggas where the Terminator ends up dragging itself with no legs. Mm-hmm. It's a gimmick. Uh, so um, even with his legs severed, the TX continues to pursue Kate and John, but the Terminator traps under a blast door and detonates his last remaining hydrogen, hydrogen fuel cell in the TX's mouth. The Terminator then coldly tells the TX, you are terminated. I'm proud of myself for that. Before the fuel cell explodes, which destroys both of them. I liked Arnold's lines in this movie. They were they. they he didn't were, say any of his classic lines, but the the lines he said were all I loved them. They were good. Yeah, they hit. Like I said, he learned how to talk, and he did the most with it. John and Kate then prepared to detonate the C four that they brought with them, only to discover that Crystal Peak does not house Skynet's core, but is rather a Cold War era fallout shelter for high ranking government officials. General Brewster sent them there to protect them from the impending nuclear holocaust initiated by Skynet. John remarks then in voiceover that Skynet did not have a core, but it's distributed software that is located in the cloud of multiple networks and computers all over the world, allowing for redundancy and failure of independent programs, making it effectively impossible to shut it down. 
Skynet, we then see Skynet starting a series of nuclear attacks on cities around the world, uh, commencing Judgment Day. Soon after the attacks, the communication... This is I never understood. Usually they try to explain why the robots want to kill the people. They'll say, you know, the robots program to protect people and they realize people are the real enemies to kill themselves or whatever the fuck. They never explain why Skynet wants to murder everyone. Oh, they yes, they did. Skynet murdered everyone. No, no, they, they, they looked at it in part two. What'd they say? Uh, he said that they took a look at everything and saw that humans were the problem and decided to, you know, take so them the out. Same. So the it's same basically story. the same. It's it's a story all this time because it's the same thing that Ultron does in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. It just looks at the fucking Internet. No, y'all are causing all the problems and there's no strings on me. So. I'm going to take you out. So. Uh, after all of the bombs get dropped, then you start hearing people on the CB radio saying, is anybody still alive? This is so-and-so from this state. Is anybody still alive? And John hops on the microphone and is like, yes, we're still alive. Um, and they're like, who is this? And John is they like, who's in he said, who's in charge? And John said, I am. And that starts the future. And him and Kate are holding hands. Mm-hmm. At the end, they hold hands to show that um, this is real. So in Terminator 2, he says, in three years, <clears throat> in three years, Cyberdyne will be. No, I can't do it anymore. In three years, Cyberdyne will become the largest supplier of military computer systems. All stealth bombers are upgraded with Cyberdyne computers becoming fully unmanned. Afterwards, they fly with the perfect operational record. The Skynet funding bill is passed. The system goes online August 4th, 1997. Human decisions are removed from strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th. In a panic, they try to pull the plugs. Sarah says Skynet fights back. The Terminator says yes. It launches missiles against the targets in Russia. John says, why attack Russia? Aren't they our friends now? And the Terminator says, because Skynet knows that the Russian counterattack will eliminate its enemies over here. Um, yeah, but it doesn't say why we are the enemies. Hold on. That's where they talked about it. Well, maybe not. Maybe it was the first one. Why does Skynet want maybe to Maybe it was the humans? first one. It might have been. The Terminator. There was a oh, segment where Skynet he talked wants about to wipe out humanity because it is it's it is a defense analysis system that becomes sentient and has determined that humanity is its greatest threat. Mm-hmm. So it's a defense system that becomes sentient, and they realize the people are its greatest threat to shut it down. So they don't. It's not the same thing. It's not that they think people are the problem. It's that they think they're like oh. We alive now, and humans might make us not be alive anymore. So we need to get rid of these humans, which is another valid thing. I liked the movie. I know you didn't like it. I liked it. No, no, I liked it. I just thought it was dry. I really thought that it was forcing a a future on us that was like we're making this into a series, and I didn't appreciate that. But as far as the action goes, yeah, it was dope. As far as Arnold goes, yeah, he was hilarious. 
I think Claire Danes could have been better. I know that John Connor could have been better, but it moved things along. This was the Thor, the dark world of this series to me. No, I take that back. This was Iron Man 3. Salvation Empire is strikes back. The robots sal- win. No, salvation is uh is the dark world. Well, I'm gonna watch Salvation. I'm not gonna subject my friend to that because I care. So I'm gonna watch Salvation. Actually, I'm gonna watch it again too, just to see if it has if it because it might still continue into the next movie. I don't remember. And then I'm gonna watch. We're going to be back next week with Genesis, which I cannot wait to watch reading this synopsis. I cannot imagine how they get to this. So I I have to see this film that I've never seen before. I I look so forward to watching movies I've never seen before. But I like this movie. Arnold was the MVP to me. Uh, He was great. Yes. The girl, the woman, uh, Cyborg, was fine. She played a robot really good, but she didn't have many lines at all. Yeah, no. She didn't have any lines. But she played much. a stone face really good. Mm-hmm. Like when she was fighting but to keep that stone face while she's like running and fighting. I thought that was pretty cool. But I thought Arnold had a lot of fun with this film. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'm looking at this again. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yep, Salvation. It was a thing. Um, So next week we're doing Genesis. Genesis. That'll be a thing. Thank you all for listening. You could uh, check out Brandon on Twitter at that cool black nerd. That's BLK. I'm on Twitter at Rashani. The show is on Twitter at Hindsight Reviews, R-E-V-U-E-S. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook at Hindsight Movie Reviews. Um, check out Return to Oswald because everybody says Rashani and I are about to quit the show. They're really worried. <laughs> they're really worried like i'm i'm scared to watch that tonight i'm gonna start watching after i finish this actual good movie that i'm watching um leave a review on pod chaser um you can leave a review for the show or for this individual episode uh you can also leave a review on apple Podcasts. um let me see what else Oh, yeah. Donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast or buymeacoffee.com slash sscast Um, or at uh, if you're on good pods, we appreciate it. Uh, Go ahead and donate to our tip jar. All money goes towards us getting movies here or books for the Ratchet Book Club. I think that's about it. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. for hindsight is coffee by cambo smith and it's from the free music archive this is single simulcast